Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by health coach Melissa Lee. Melissa and I had a great discussion about toxins. It's something that's not often discussed and something I felt highly important to discuss here. So we dive into what toxins are, what they do to the body, and how we can clear them. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Melissa, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to come on the show. Thank you so much for having me. You are quite welcome. I'm excited to talk to you. Um, we were connected through someone else, actually, that had gotten on the podcast. And through our conversation, really intrigued me because of what you do. So um, I really want to dive into that. But first of all, who are you? Well, that sounds like a big question. Um, a question. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Melissa Lee to everyone who's listening. Um, I'm a functional medicine health coach. So I work predominantly with women who have PCOS because I have PCOS myself, um, you know, and um, I just basically help them to manage their symptoms, um, get their hormones in balance, um, help them to get into a space where they're able to conceive because um, fertility is a big issue for women with PCOS. Um, and I also actually, I work with a lot of women in their reproductive years who have like thyroid or adrenal issues or any other kind of like um, conditions that's preventing them from, you know, being in optimal health, basically. So I just kind of help them thrive in, um, you know, all these various areas. Very cool. Um, first off, just for people who don't know, who haven't heard of PCOS, what is that exactly? Oh, good question. So PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome, and it's actually becoming really common right now because um, while irregular periods are on the rise, and you know we can get into that maybe next time or later on, but um, basically, um, you know, girls are getting their periods earlier, puberty is happening earlier, and periods are getting irregular. Um, PCOS is basically just a condition where you have a lot of multifactorial um, symptoms happening at the same time. And what women would get is usually like acne or excessive hair growth. They have higher levels of androgens, which is uh, male hormones. Um, and they're also likely to present with insulin resistance. Not all of them, but most of the time it is also um, has to do with some sort of metabolic dysfunction there. Um, so it's just kind of like a variety of symptoms. And that's why, um, you know, when I work with PCOS women, it's very um, important to treat everyone as like an individual. And that's sort of like, you know, the basis of functional medicine. Yeah, absolutely. Is PCOS something that goes misdiagnosed at times or is that not really an issue? Um, well, yes, it's overdiagnosed and misdiagnosed at the same time, I would say. It's really complicated because um, they there's like, like a criteria for PCOS to be diagnosed. So you have to have like, you know, um, polycystic ovaries on your, on your ovaries, which is basically like, you know, like they do an ultrasound scan and you like see a lot of um, pearls I guess like on the ovaries and you know but then some doctors say like okay that's not really a good criteria because that just means that the woman's not ovulating it doesn't mean that she has PCOS um, and the other criteria is like also looking at if your period's irregular or not 
and looking at your levels of androgens, which is like the level of testosterone, for example. Um, most um, doctors would classify you as PCOS if you have higher levels of androgens and if you have, you know, just some kind of timing error with your period. That's more of the better criteria to go with. Okay. I was wondering if it was misdiagnosed a lot just because there's, I feel like, and this is partially because I've had conversations with people who were in this situation that like when people just stop having their periods, they say something to their doctor and it's just like, well, here's a birth control pill to regulate you. Like there's a lot of times there's nothing to like, let's figure out why this is happening, you know? And and I guess that's a medical, that's the whole medical field in general when you get down to it. But, um, I just feel like so much is missed when it comes to symptoms in general with people. Um, That's just like, here's a symptom, here's a pill for it. Yeah, it's a very band aid system. And, you know, like what you said, it is the conventional healthcare that's set up today. Um, I can see why it's being misdiagnosed because some people might have hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is like uh, women not having their period for more than a year. Um, you know, basically their periods are absent. Um, there's also other factors why your periods might be missing. Maybe you just went off the birth control or some kind of, you know, hormonal contraceptive and your body needs time to regulate. Um, you know, periods can also go missing because like, you know, especially girls who are like in puberty, it's very normal for the periods to be like irregular at that time because the body is trying to, you know, regulate and stuff. So um, I can see why it's also like, you know, very commonly misdiagnosed because that's the only kind of um, solution that they have for you is like, okay, take this and then you regulate, right? Like I have also seen other people who come to me and they're like, you know, I don't know if I have PCOS, like my periods are irregular, but you know, I don't have like weight gain or I don't have an insulin problem. And then some other women, they come to me and they're like, oh, my periods are like, you know, they're good, like 28 to 30 days every month, but I have all these other period problems. So I don't know if I have PCOS or not, but I just need help. So sometimes I also feel like having a label just kind of confines us to like, you know, like a little bubble of like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do for this label. But sometimes I just tell my clients too, like, I don't care, you know, if you have PCOS or not, we're just going to help you with your period problems. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, we just need to normalize everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, it really doesn't matter if, you know, whatever kind of label you have, right? Like we just have to start with the basics and the fundamentals of like treating you. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to, this is going to be a kind of a big question. We can take a lot of different areas, but a lot of people, male and female deal with hormone imbalances, hormone issues because of all sorts of different reasons. Um, Once you kind of dive into kind of the, I guess the common causes of hormone dysfunction, hormone issues in people that cause a lot of these medical issues. Okay, so that's a big one. Um, when we, you know, when we think of hormones in general, we think of like, okay, they're what are hormones, right? They're chemical messengers. They're actually kind of just, yeah, like your brain tells your body to do something, and hormones are just kind of like the middleman, um, if you can think about it that way. Um, so my work, I usually work with women. So I'm more familiar with, um, you know, women hormones, but um, obviously things like cortisol, insulin, they affect men as well, and also estrogen. 
Um, so I would say like most of the common dysregulation, dysregulators of hormones are like stress, high levels of stress, um, the, our diet, obviously, because that's going to impact insulin. Um, the amount of sleep that we get, because that's also coming into play here. And then also the number of toxins that we're exposed to on a, you know, on a daily basis. I think toxins are the underrated area that most people don't think about, especially when it comes to weight loss or thyroid or anything like that. Um, you know, we can talk about more about this today. But yeah, I just wanted to start by putting it out there. There's like so many factors that can affect your hormones because, you know, it's just part of like an axis in your body. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of factors out there and toxins are one of them. Awesome. And the toxins is what I really want to dive into today with you. Cause not that talking about the sleep and stress and all that isn't important, but it's something that is a little more commonly talked about. But like you said, the toxin part is very under, like it's overlooked all the time. Um, and it's something that a lot of people just don't really think about when it comes to their health and any conditions they have. So when we're talking about toxins, what sort of things are we talking about exactly? That's a great question. Um, so I'll talk about, you know, what are toxins to us? And then I'll talk about which organs in our body can help us to detoxify. So, you know, toxins, maybe when I say that word, you might think about like heavy metals or pesticides or, um, you know, just like minerals in our water, that kind of thing. But toxins can also be like, you know, um, caffeine or alcohol or MSG, um, high fructose corn syrup, any additives and chemicals that are added to like processed foods. They can also be like, you know, obviously BPAs is really, really common. A lot of people know that. But then now there are things like BPS and there are like um, other chemicals in our beauty products, for example, like phthalates, um, and like all these are like SLS and all that. Um, those are all chemicals that can affect your hormones. Um, I also would say that, you know, vehicles, they emit like hydrocarbons that affect our lungs. And then also you can't forget like heavy metals like arsenic, cadmium, lead, mercury, all these are toxins to our body. Um, I also want to say that drugs, any kind of drugs, like whether it is for your condition or if it's just like normal painkillers, the liver considers that as a toxin because, you know, that's not like a biological thing. Your body is just like, it's still in like a pretty primal state. So, um, you know, if we're in, having a lot of drugs in our body, like on a consistent basis, that's just another load on the liver or um, that your body has to like break down and detoxify. I think that's an, a couple areas, two actually big areas that I feel people forget about. Cause like you said, like the BPAs and some of the plastics that's becoming very common as far as people understanding right. that. But, um, the fact that most medications do have additives in order to like hold it together or mm -hmm. do who knows what that, <laughs> why they're adding. <laughs> right. Um, but, but between that and then yeah, beauty products that like, they all, I shouldn't say they all, most of them that you buy at the store have like parabens and all of these other things that even in other countries have been banned mm -hmm. still in a lot of our products. And just because we put them on superficially doesn't mean that they aren't absorbed into the body and can create some issues. Yeah, you're absolutely right and spot on about that. Um, I have some 
opinions on this. Like, so for example, like the beauty products thing, the um, the beauty industry is actually really not really regulated very well. Like people think like, oh, okay, you know, these products are on the market means that they've undergone some trials or whatever, and they're safe for human consumption. And it's really not like, um, for example, like if you see the word fragrance on a label, um, uh, manufacturers can put like thousands or hundreds of chemicals in that one word and they don't actually have to disclose what is in it so when we look at it and we're you know we're thinking like oh fragrance you know it's just like a nice scent but actually there's so many things in it and a very common example is like air fresheners like for your home or for your bathroom or in your car um, once you you know get rid of them or once you trans transition into like a non-toxic living whenever you smell that again it's totally is going to trip you up like for me now if I smell any air freshener I just get a headache or like I, I feel instantaneous instantaneously like nauseous it's kind of just kind of disrupting my system <laughs> I don't know if you ever felt that way but yeah seriously I can't walk into like a Sephora now without like feeling kind of like jammed up in my throat um yeah so that's like you know that's like the one thing about the beauty products like the not no regulation for that. Um, also, another thing I wanted to say is that, yeah, a lot of like the ingredients, like you may not know about it. And also, you know, it can be quite hard to differentiate what is good for you and what's not healthy. Because a lot of times now, like the organic label is just being pushed everywhere. And if you obviously, you know, if you're just like an ordinary person and if you read that, it's like organic, natural, then you would choose that but they can really sneakily add in so much other stuff in the ingredient label. And that's why that's one of the things that everyone should do is just kind of read what you're buying. Yeah. And even if you don't, I mean, I think just having that awareness, like even if you don't know what everything is on it, um, like, and I think where people can get hung up and myself at times is, um, like sometimes the essential oils that are added or some of the other just like actual like plants that are added, they use their like true, like scientific name. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so then you look yes. at it, it's like, yes. I think this is okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I totally get that. Like lavender, like lavendula. I mean, that's pretty, pretty okay. It's still very, you know, kind of familiar or similar to lavender, but yeah, all the other ones, they can be very different and you're like, uh, okay, I don't know if this is safe or not. Um, yeah, that's totally true. When we're talking toxins, so we use all these things or even if we don't use these things, like you said, like just the vehicle emissions or like going into someone else's house that has air fresheners and that sort of thing, like it's around us regardless. If we have these toxins in our bodies, Besides hormones, like what other things can they cause with us? Um, so yeah, there are many symptoms to toxin exposure. So some of them, you know, besides like irregular periods, um, people can get like skin breakout or congestion. I think this is very common. You know, we usually, anything that happens on our skin is usually like a reflection of our gut or anything that is kind of dysregulating us on the inside. So um, yeah, skin breakouts and congestion is really very common, a symptom that is tied to toxin exposure. Um, some people would, you know, there are all kinds of symptoms, but 
most of them will be like fatigue or you have some stinging eyes or some women can wake up with like um they can wake up with like um like feeling hot in the middle of the night from 2 to 4 a.m or you can have really bad pms for example um some of them you know you would gain body fat or belly fat for no apparent reason or if you're struggling really hard to lose that belly fat um in Chinese medicine, the liver is connected to like anger as an emotion. So they believe that if your liver is really congested, um, the person can become really short tempered, for example, or like easy to snap. You can think about it that way. And then of course, gut symptoms like constipation or diarrhea. Um, and basically it's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly like specific symptoms because all of us are different. and. Um, even tolerance to toxins is different. So like, you know, someone can tolerate a higher amount of mercury than me, for example. Um, so that's really hard to pinpoint. But it's not to say that toxin is not present. And we should really take that into account, too. So like, you know, whenever you go to a doctor, or for example, when I see a client, in functional medicine, we would also ask about like your dental health. Do you have mercury fillings? Um, you know, what is your environment like? Are you living next to the freeway or is your bathroom moldy, right? Like, um, what, do you open the windows? Like, do you wear your shoes in the house? Like all of these things, they can transmit toxins all the time. So it's just really looking into depth, like what your environment is, what kind of products you're using, um, you know, like that sort of thing. Now let's take a quick break to talk about Equip Foods. Equip Foods is a supplement line, but what I really love about them is their products are made with 100% real food products. There's no fillers, there's no chemicals, there's nothing artificial in it. So everything that you are putting into your body when you consume their products is good for you. And they don't just have the normal protein and pre-workout type supplements. They also have products for decreasing inflammation, for joint health, for circulation, for all sorts of things that just help you be an overall healthier person. So go check out everything Equip Foods has to offer at equip, E-Q-U-I-P, foods.com. And at checkout, if you use code F-I-X, 15, that is F-I-X-1-5, you can save 15% on your order. You can also get a link to Equip Foods and all my other partners at getyourfixpt.com slash partners. And now let's get back to our conversation. What sort of things, you mentioned mercury fillings um, as creating some toxicity in us. What are other ways like some of the metals get in us? Because it's not like we are necessarily like around metal all the time, but how does that seep into us? Um, yeah, so heavy metals is kind of like a really insidious one. Like it's actually a lot of them are found in our water system. So for example, like the piping in some of our water filtration systems, like in the US, um, they're really old. So, you know, once it starts to rust over the years, the lead actually gets into the water. And in humans, lead is actually stored in bone. So for women, uh, for example, if you're entering menopause, um, 
when we enter menopause, there are certain hormones that deplete and, you know, um, women of a certain age, they start to get like weaker bones. They don't have as much bone density and lead actually stored in the bone over many years, it can leak out and cause, you know, many symptoms in the body and then also cause osteoporosis for these women. Um, and so there's a little bit of a linkage there. So uh, women in, in menopause, definitely, they have to take care of their bones. And they also have to be aware of like the amount of like um, progesterone and estrogen that they have, because obviously that's falling and that's fluctuating as well. And those are really important hormones to maintain bone as well. So that's, you know, that's kind of like one way that lead can affect women, for example. Um, for mercury, as uh, what you said, I think I want to bring this up because mercury loves brain, like the brain tissue. So, uh, for example, if you have silver fillings and you go to a conventional dentist and they kind of just drill it out, but they don't protect you because um, mercury is a gas, right? Like it off gases into your mouth and it actually enters your, you know, your system through like the microbiome and stuff and the bloodstream. So mercury can also cross the blood brain barrier and enter your brain. So now they're finding a lot of studies that, you know, people with Alzheimer's or Parkinson's and they like do like the autopsy and whatever. And they find like a lot of the brain tissue is actually affected by mercury because mercury can actually literally um, break, kind of like break open the structure of the neurons in our brain sort of. So it, can't, it causes like brain damage in that sense. And you get a lot of like connections that are cut off. Um, some people can also feel like mood imbalances, like depression or anxiety up to, a, you know, a more extreme extent. Um, so that's really important about mercury. Like, I think it is one thing that we don't really think about. And obviously mercury can also come from seafood. And that's where people usually think about, but not, they don't think about it coming from like the silver fillings. Yeah, absolutely. Now, a lot of, you said iron was stored in the blood, but a lot of toxins are actually stored in our body fat. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So one thing about um, fat tissue is that we only think about, you know, our fat as like, oh, this person didn't exercise or this person, you know, ate too much. Like, you know, if we some, see someone with like a lot of fat tissue, right? And I think this is, okay, it's just very, so much about the body image and it's driven by like the diet culture, for example, and calorie counting. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't know this, but actually our fat tissue is protecting us. So the reason why the adipose tissue starts to accumulate is because it is trying to store the toxins. So toxins are lipophilic. So basically lipophilic means fat loving instead of like hydrophilic so the toxins love fat and then the fat stores the metal so that you know it just kind of forms a layer and it protects our internal organs so basically it's like a michelin fat costume if you think about it <laughs> <laughs> like to put it simply it's really protecting you it's not like trying to make you look ugly or whatever you know like as we always like to think about it um so i always tell my clients like okay you know there's a reason why maybe your fat's not like coming off or you're having a hard time losing weight um probably because there's so much toxin in there that it's really hard to lose that and also if you are trying to lose weight it's really important to make sure you're detoxifying first so make sure you're excreting everything out of your body 
like um, you know sweating and make sh- making sure you're not constipated for example um, because if we lose weight too fast and imagine this like if you have a trash can and you're not like I don't know like you can't like you know throw your trash bin away into like the big bin it's just going to keep recycling in your house and so that's what's that's what's happening to our bodies like the toxins will recirculate and enter our bloodstream and it's just like round and round it doesn't really go away so that also comes into play when it comes to like yo-yo dieting for example um and that's that's why you know like people can lose weight and then over time the weight just comes back because they don't address the toxin piece or their liver is fatty or they don't give up on the alcohol and you know it's just kind of like just there is still a roadblock in that detoxifying process that they have not addressed um and on that note i just wanted to say that you know our liver is like our biggest detox organ but other organs are like our lungs through breathing um skin you know when we sweat so it's really important to like exercise or even dry brush that kind of thing Um, our lymphatic system Um, Our kidneys, obviously, like you want to make sure you're drinking water and, you know, like having like a good peeing system that's for excretion. Um, And even our cell membranes, you know, they are constantly like, you know, excreting waste products out of our body. So, yeah, those are like, you know, the organs of detoxification and we just have to pay a lot of attention to the liver. So let's see, you mentioned sweating. So like exercise to sweat, um, making sure where, um, like kidneys are healthy, going to the bathroom regularly, that sort of thing. What are other ways that we detox or are there, are there other ways that kind of, we need other methods we need to use in order to detox to like really get everything out of us? Um, well, a big one is food (laughs) as usual, like nutrition plays a good Uh, role in this Um, so in order to understand that we have to think about like detoxification happens in three phases actually two phases in the liver and then phase three is usually excretion through the bile which is through your bowel movement excuse me so the two phases in the liver is basically you need like nutrients like vitamin b's you need vitamin E and you need selenium for like phase one. And then phase two, you need like antioxidants, you need magnesium, um, fiber, and some, you know, some amino acids. And so when we think about nutrition, you know, a lot of people would be like, oh, I know, like cruciferous vegetables. And those really play an important role um, in upregulating up phase one detox. So those are like your Brussels sprouts, your kale, your broccoli, your bok choy, Um, And these are where the, you know, whatever that comes into the liver, they're transformed into like a fat soluble metabolite. And, you know, in this phase, in the middle, um, after phase one is done, the fat soluble metabolites are actually churning out free radicals. And so this is when we need phase two, where we need all the antioxidants to come in and swipe them all up and like reduce the oxidative stress that is happening in the body. Um, And this is, you know, where we eat a lot of like the berries and the fruit, uh, green tea, for example, those are really high in antioxidants. Um, I like to tell my clients that just go for a lot of colors, like 
colors are your safe bet. If you're just, you know, really hung up on like, okay, what do I eat for detox? Just always choose a variety because that's going to help your gut microbiome. And then always choose like, you know, a variety of colors. Um, don't try to stick to the same vegetable or fruit. Um, eating according to the seasons is really good, for example, because you can just, you know, kind of go with the flow in that sense. Um, and that's going to give you a lot of antioxidants or polyphenols from the plant foods that will help you at this stage. Um, and so, you know, once that goes through phase two, it becomes water soluble. And that is when the bile from the digestive system will come in and kind of like package it up and, you know, excrete it out of the body. And, you know, and this includes like excess, not only toxins, but like excess cholesterol or excess estrogen too. This is really important for women and men, because if you have estrogen dominance, um, it means that not enough estrogen is being excreted out of the body. And this is where you can get a lot of like PMS symptoms or for men that shows up as like man boobs, you know? Um, and this is where, you know, you can just see like, okay, their detox pathway is definitely not kind of happening very well. Um, at the end. So definitely very important to take care of gut health too. Fascinating. The different like types of foods and like what they are, <laughs> what their job actually is. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fascinating. I mean, there are also like, you know, many herbs that can help with that, like really specific steps. Like if you think about it in like the, like the biochemistry is like, if you look at it, it's just all these little like arrows and then all the arrows, you can like either enhance it or, you know, negatively affected by your lifestyle choices. Um, so yeah, it's fascinating. That's awesome. What, when it comes to just because like spices and herbs, like fascinate me, um, what sort of herbs help with the process? I like, um, most of them do a really good job, like oregano, thyme, dill, like your normal Italian ones. I like parsley and cilantro too, because those are really detoxifying especially for someone with skin problems. Um, actually, one of my favorite green juice um, recipes is celery, cilantro, lemon juice, and cucumber. Just those four. They're amazing. Like, I know it sounds weird because it's so green. Like, I don't like to try to put fruit in my green juice because I feel like that takes in a lot of sugar, actually. Um, I prefer to eat my fruit whole. But if I'm doing like celery, cucumber, lemon, and like cilantro or parsley, that is really like helpful for your skin. That sounds like a good combination. I'm going to have to. Yeah. <laughs> it's really great in the summer or spring. Yeah. Yeah. After so the nice. grocery store tomorrow, I think I'm going to pick up some of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like it. Very cool. Um, when it comes to detoxing, I mean, you can go to a lot of the different stores and pick up like detox supplements, detox pills, that sort of thing. Do any of those actually work or is that just kind of a money waster? Um, so that's a good question. So I think you really have to be careful about what you're looking for, because obviously if we're thinking about detox, there are binders like supplements that are considered detox binders that are helpful. So for example, for my family, we take a detox binder that um, helps to bind to heavy metals and, you know, kind of bring them out safely out of the body. For example, like charcoal is a really good one. Um, charcoal is amazing for that. And then, um, but it's really important that, that whenever you do a detox thing, 
um, especially taking a binder or even doing like a liver cleanse, you want to increase your antioxidants a lot more. And the one I'm talking about is like glutathione because that is our most powerful like endogenous antioxidant in the body. So when I take a binder, I make sure I take glutathione too so that it kind of balances out. Um, I would say most of the diet pills, uh, maybe not so much. Like, you know, they're like trying to sell you off like real cheap. But um, there are supplements that, you know, based in like botanical medicine um, that can really help. Um, so, you know, those, those ones, I usually tell people to work with like a practitioner because you really don't know what you're going to get. And you don't want to get something that's like not going to work for you. Um, and even detoxification, it's usually the last stage in my coach, coaching program because I want my clients to be in a place of strength first. And when I say strength, it means that, you know, you're eating well, um, you're getting enough sleep, getting sunshine, you know, all the basics to make sure you're pooping and moving. Because if you're not doing those really well and your excretion pathways are blocked, you can do all the detox you want, right? Like we talked about, but it's just going to recirculate and you might have all these symptoms of like nausea or feeling like flu, like flu-like symptoms, that kind of thing. Um, and so detox really needs to happen from a place of strength. I think that's the most important like takeaway from that. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point there. Cause I think like a lot of times when it like, when you hear the word detox or people think just like, oh, I need to detox because of X, Y, and Z reason. I think the, like, it's a missing piece is how is it leaving the body? And, and it's a piece that I hadn't thought of either until you had started mentioning it or two, you brought it up was that, yeah, if we, we can clear it from whatever organ it's in, but we then need to make sure we, our body can actually clear it from itself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think the word detox is being used too much, unfortunately, in the past, right? Um, and, you know, it, it becomes like a kind of a quick fix too. like people are like, oh, detox. And then I reset to some kind of like preconceived, preconceived like stage of like, this is where I'm supposed to be. But it doesn't really work that way. Yeah, <laughs> so true. So you have mentioned a lot of really good tips and um, just like facts and ideas for detoxing for someone who's like listening to this and just kind of thinking like, I need the, or I want to start integrating this. What are kind of the maybe first couple steps to kind of like, what should they do first in this process? Make sure you're pooping. Okay. And when, (laughs) when I say a natural well, when I say a normal bowel movement, I mean at least once a day, every day consistently. And it has to be like log shaped and like, you know, like pretty smooth when it comes out. Um, because also what's normal to people, you know, it could be like, yeah, I just go like once every three to four days. And obviously that to them is normal because it's been, you know, there like a long time. But Um, I just want to say that, yeah, a normal bowel movement is so important. Um, Yeah, just to get everything out, just to really make sure that you're, you know, the excreting things from your body. Um, And also, our bowel movements can tell a lot about our gut health. You know, whether you're straining or not, like, do you have some sort of IBS if you're like, 
fluctuating between diarrhea and constipation, right? Like you want to be like in a good balance. So all these are like just signs of whether your body's in a good state or not. Um, and then we build slowly from there. Like, are you moving every day? Um, you know, you can try to dry brush. Dry brush, maybe it's not really like a fundamental thing, but I find it really helpful because it can help to like clear our lymphatic system, especially if you don't move around as much as you would like to. Dry brushing can really help that too. Um, and then also, of course, just start from the basic, like get sunshine, get you know good enough sleep, make sure you have a water filter for your water. Um, and then yeah, your diet, that one's a really big one. And working on all these fundamentals can take you like three to four months. Like don't expect to, you know, go to like, a, I mean, obviously it depends on where you're coming from, but I have seen that, you know, people are trying to do their best at like trying to be a little more healthy, but, um, you know, always just be kind on yourself too, because the nutrition part's going to take a while if you're not used to eating like a good amount of vegetables or, you know, that kind of thing. I think the vegetables and then the other one that I, I tend to find people struggle with is getting more water in them. Right. I feel like yeah. the water drinking is, uh, is very difficult for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, actually, fun fact, um, besides water, you can also choose for water-based foods. So like things that are more like juicy, like, you know, oranges and cucumber or whatever, anything that you can add to your meals that are juicy too, that also contributes to your water content. It's not just drinking out of like a, you know, normal water. So if that helps, (laughs) yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, What is dry brushing? Dry brushing is a technique by, from Ayurvedic medicine, which is like the old Indian medicine, kind of like Chinese medicine, but Indian version. And basically it's kind of like, um, you've probably seen it, like it's made out of like natural boar bristles, like kind of like a loofah, but like a, kind of like a body scrub. And basically you just do movements that are like, you know, down your arms or down your neck, um, up your legs. And it's basically kind of just, um, focusing on all the areas of your lymphatic system where um, waste products will collect. So our lymphatic system is basically like our sewage system. And so if you're stagnant all the time, if you're sitting, you know, just imagine like all that sewage is like not getting moved around or dumped anywhere. And so dry brushing before a shower can really help to move that. Um, I myself, I have not done it for very long. I've just started recently. Um, and it just feels so good, especially when you do your back. Like, it's amazing. You know, like, if you feel like, okay, maybe I don't know if it's really helping me or not, but like, just feeling that is so good. And it helps to get you into like a less stress state. Um, you know, you're focusing on yourself and, you know, who doesn't need more self-care? I feel like that's, that's a bonus right there. So anything that, you know, if you don't believe like the lymphatic thing, it's fine. But if it makes you feel good or it makes you like slow down at least like five minutes before your shower, um, I would take that as a self-care technique too. Yeah. Awesome. So many things I can integrate into my life. I love this. Yes, there is so many things. <laughs> awesome. Well, Melissa, to start wrapping it up a little bit, um, where, if someone wants to reach out to you, has questions for you, where can they find you? So they can find me on Instagram at Nourish Health. 
Um, they can also go to my website if they want to, narishmail.com. Um, I think for you know a lot of these strategies that we talked about today, I talk in depth um, in my Facebook group, which is called Natural Ways to Balance Hormones with Narishmail. And you can also go to my podcast, which is Thriving with Narishmail Health. Um, sometimes I do lives in the Facebook group where I stream it to my podcast. Um, but then I also share a lot of like in-depth, high-quality resources in the Facebook group. Um, and I think this is very important because a lot of people, you know, they feel very overwhelmed by the amount of information that's out there. And you don't know what's working for you or not, right? Like this so much um so you know i try to like just condense it really well and handpick like really good ones so i share it with my facebook group um so if you're on there then you can get like a really good like high quality information um otherwise yeah my podcast is available to everyone awesome great information that you've shared today great resources for everybody thank you so much again for your time today i really appreciate it Thank you, Brianne. This was so fun. Thank you so much. I really hope you enjoyed this week's conversation on Highly Functional. Before I go, I want to talk to you about my rope climb training program. In order to climb a rope efficiently and effectively, you need both strength and proper technique. If you have one without the other, it's going to be a lot more difficult to climb. You're going to use a lot more energy and you have more chance of failing. So if you wanna be more efficient with your rope climbs in order to have more chance of success at your next race, pick up my rope climb training program. You can check it out at getyourfixpt.com slash courses, along with all my other online programs. Thanks again for tuning in today, and now it's time to go out and be highly functional.